0: This is the Fraternal Frights mini-show. I'm your co-host, Martin, and today we have a very special guest. One might say he is the most special of guests. He's the one that named our podcast, and he is our co-host's fiance. Give it the hell up for William. I will later. So, talking about you naming the podcast, me and Darcy were actually stuck on naming this for a long time, and that was probably maybe the hardest part, because we kept throwing Just a bunch of spaghetti at the wall.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I was just talking to her and was trying to think of something that kind of either like rhymed or had like the same first letter. That alliteration. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Yes, alliteration. I was just looking for something that kind of fit. I was thinking of like y'all's relationship, your names, and I thought of, oh, fraternal twins and it's horror. Fraternal frights. Like it just sort of... It was a very quick moment. Like, Darcy brought it up, and then I was like, you should call this...
0: That's very good. I think for a long time I tried to push Darcy towards Twin Peaks, but spelled P-E-E-K-S. Like, ah, we're taking a peek (laughs) at this stuff. But then, like, the S-E-A would just be horrible for that.
1: I was about to say, I feel like being able to shout that out would be difficult. It's (laughs) literally pronounced the same as a far more popular show. A way better show. (laughs) I haven't seen the new season, so I can't say it's way better yet. Uh, new mean, things can ruin old things. I like the old one. I still haven't seen the movie either. But Fire Walk With Me? Yeah, it's neither here nor there, because I was trying to get Darcy caught up before I watched any new stuff.
0: I still need a rewatch, though I'm super into Colic 1999 recently, which is very Twin Peaks inspired. Interesting. So anytime I get on my Twin Peaks kick, I end up just watching that
1: instead. <laughs> I'm kind of similar in that I generally play the game Deadly Premonition, Mm -hmm. because generally my stuff- I do love Francis York Morgan. Yes, because generally anything I think of immediately jumps to a game.
0: Speaking of jumping to games, we are going to be talking about a very special game, Dear to Your Heart today. Mm -hmm. It's called Lobotomy Corp. It is done by indie studio Project Moon. I think it was released on Steam April 9th of last year, wasn't it?
1: I recently found out about it, and I've been told that it's older. Oh, has I never it? looked into the, like, origin year of it. But everyone's just like, everyone that I'm talking to is like, yeah, I keep hearing about it nowadays, but it, like, came out forever ago, I thought.
0: See, it doesn't look like an old game to me. It looks like the graphics and the way that the UI works. It seems pretty recent. Yeah, I mean, only
1: a year or two.
0: Right. When I say
1: older, it could just be, like, a year. Doing research and just looking up things about it. I occasionally pe- hear people talk of the legacy build oh, which yeah. I guess is the alpha footage and like alpha gameplay mm-hmm. that at some point just got completely overhauled but for a while was a playable thing. Oh wow! I think it was part of their I believe it was crowdfunded so it could have been like an early playable build of the crowdfunding process. That but now makes it's referred sense. to as the legacy. Basically the alpha stuff. And it, it did have a different kind of style and some of the Creatures and how to work on them were changed a little bit. Right. But for the most part, not a whole lot's changed. It's just refined into what it is currently.
0: Right. So what Lobotomy quirk is, is a game that is, quote, a monster management rogue like simulation game, end quote. And I want to know, how did you find out about this game? Because this is, for me, this is like a very... Word salad string of words. Like, I understand what all these words mean individually, but trying to conceptualize that in my brain is super hard.
1: I watch a lot of YouTubers, particularly just people who focus on comedy. Right. Less about gameplay walkthroughs, things like that. I If I wanted to know that, I'd just play it myself. Absolutely. But due to that, at some point, my YouTube recommendations sent some a video my way uh, simply titled Lobotomeme Corp.
0: Lobotomeme?
1: Yes. Very good. And... Bad. I did not know the person doing it. It was a name I hadn't heard of. I had not heard of the game. This is the first I heard of it. I watched it.
0: So you saw the word meme and you were like, this is perfect for me, a gamer.
1: Again, uh, YouTube was (laughs) recommending it to me based on my previous interests. Either way, again, I focus on comedians, so I'm like, okay, this is probably good for a laugh. Mm
0: -hmm. I look
1: into it. Admittedly, comedy was middling. It wasn't a bad video by any means. I didn't exactly follow the person who made it. It certainly got you interested in Lobotomy Corp. Yes. Looking at the game itself, I'm like, I gotta find out more of this. Mm -hmm. I read a little bit here and there, but eventually got to a point where they're throwing out all these words and names that it was harder to follow. I just wanted to try it out.
0: Right. And I know this game takes inspiration from, like, the SCP Foundation. Yes. It takes inspiration from Cabin in the Woods and also Warehouse 13. And I think, at least from, like, what I've seen, it definitely seems to be more oriented towards the SCP Foundation. Or at least having more of an... I guess uh, this is going to be the wrong word for it. It's more of, like, an allegorical way of using, like, the SCP Foundation's, like, structure.
1: You know, that's not a bad way of putting it, actually. But I would almost put it as, like, a combination of the SCP
0: the genealogy. Structure.
1: yeah. Mixed with a management game like SimCity or like Zoo Tycoon or something.
0: Hey, this game is not a tycoon. It told me specifically that in the press kit, it is
1: not a tycoon. They will murder you. I mean, tycoons do get murdered. They just have a lot of money. You do not get money. the game, if you'd want me to just sort of give a brief overview at this point. Yeah. All right, all right. End game. You are the manager of a sort of SCP containment facility. Right. Um, They're referred to as abnormalities, and they are not SCP. They want to be very clear about that.
0: (laughs) Right, there's (laughs) nothing specifically taken from the SCP Foundation site. But it's
1: horrific creatures where a lot of your employees and workers are seen as kind of disposable. Mm -hmm. It's got a very similar mindset and very similar, like, these are things beyond humanity's understanding, we just sort of put them in a box and we're going to send some people in there to poke at them and see what happens. What they're doing is Lobotomy Corp, the name of the corporation that you are a manager in, is basically a very elaborate power plant. The outside world needs energy. This is like the only thing strong enough to sustain what's going on out there. They only give you little hints and teasers as to what's going on out there, but it's bleak. By working with these... Abnormalities. That's what they're officially okay. referred to in Do game. Do not
0: call them monsters. Do you not call them <laughs> ghouls.
1: I'm just trying to be consistent when I talk. About so, dealing with the abnormalities, basically, when they're happy or at the very least, like properly contained, they generate in. That's where you come in. You're given a box at the start of each in game day right? that is just sort of has a serial number on it. Highlighting the box, you can choose from three, will give you a small blurb from the bio of the creature. Right. But that's it. You basically just have to guess from there. It could be something like, in the distance, you hear seagulls, Mm -hmm. and uh, compared to, like, the fairies protect people who care for them. Yeah. And it's like, well, which one is going to secretly kill me? Which one is going to, you know, be easier to manage?
0: Seagulls or fairies. Mm
1: -hmm. Fun fact, the seagulls is Darcy's favorite abnormality, because what that is, is a large vending machine manned by two... Like, shrimp people in fisherman outfits. Basically, working well on that, they give you a little energy drink that increases their stats for a bit. Work bad on it, they give you a drink, causes your employee to pass out, and then the whole room is sort of whisked away by a wave. Right. And when it comes back, it's just the machine and and the shrimp people. Like, your man is just whisked away into nothing is there
0: a lore for how they get swept away
1: yes there is lore for every creature like i said you just start off with the boxes I th- as you work on it you mm-hmm. get points the points are spent on a sort of bio page and that gives you more insight to the character well you'll, you'll eventually learn its name mm-hmm. you'll learn what to do and what not to do what its powers are but from the start you're going in blind you can physically see it in its box right. and that's all you have to go on
0: right I know there's both a work procedure, quote-unquote, mode, which seems to be like a free-play mode, and then there's
1: a story mode. Basically, story advances as you do sort of like Mm mini-quests. And if you ever restart the game, and it is encouraged that you do, all the... The story beats will play out of like, oh, welcome to the facility, the basics will still play, Mm -hmm. but any of the other interactions, any of the other story that's been revealed does not play, because you've already seen it, you've already done the quest. The quest is no longer on your little board. Right. I mean, I'm going into a little bit of spoiler territory, but it is canonical. Well,
0: we are not a spoiler-free podcast. All
1: right. Spill all those
0: beans. It is
1: canonical that you, as the manager, are doing this over and over and over.
0: Oh, shit. Like an endless time loop? Yes, That's exactly. why you love it so much.
1: That is my favorite trope, but that's <laughs> that's a rant for another day.
0: Save that for a different interview.
1: Absolutely. It is canonical that you're going through this multiple days. They mm. even refer to the fact that the little uh, function you use to either speed up time or pause it, like your standard managerial, like... That is an unlockable incredibly early in the game, but by the mere fact of that being unlockable, it is implying that that is a machine in the facility that you have access to. Mm-hmm. So time manipulation is, oh, you unlock the pause button. Like, <laughs> it oh, like doesn't, the actual UI. Yes, it doesn't dwell on it. Mm-hmm. But as Don't you go. Don't worry about it. Yeah, as you go on, it's like, oh, wait, of course. This facility has had a functioning, like, time machine this whole time.
0: Well, that's how you get out of having to pay different people coming in for the job. You just keep resetting time. You don't have to keep paying them future money. That is
1: also true. Nobody is going to survive 30 days in there. Like, nobody's (laughs) getting their first paycheck.
0: What do you like the most about this game?
1: Learning about each one of these mystery creatures. Some are funny. Some are whimsical. Some are just scary to look at. And the more I learn about them, the less I want to see them. Put him away. But mostly, it's it goes from spikes where it's incredibly comfy, and you're just setting up work orders. Oh, Estelle is visiting. Yes, this is my cat Estelle. He's usually very loud, and I hope he does not scream into the microphone at any point. Hello, Estelle. Good boy.
0: He is jingle jangling.
1: But it will ramp up into just extreme stress, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's got such a good amount. Like it, it gets the blood flowing. Trying to manage. Multiple creatures that are either trying to break out or have already broken out.
0: Well, tell me about your favorite abnormality in the game.
1: Well, I did mention before that my fiancé Darcy's favorite, and I enjoyed a lot too, would be the uh, the shrimp people. Right. The, the vending machine. It's, in the game, it's called Well Cheers. Mm-hmm. With a little dash in the middle, which is probably a reference to both them, you know, giving you the soda every time you work on them. And play on, like, the company Welchers. Because yeah. it's a juice thing, it's... I know before you asked me sort of the story behind how somebody gets spirited away after yeah, drinking ne- the wrong... Yeah, you never
0: did tell me that deep, deep shrimp lore.
1: Yes, of course. The um...
0: That deep fried shrimp lore.
1: <laughs> so when they... When you get a new abnormality, you know nothing about it. As you work on it, you get points. You spend points on this sort of uh, stat sheet Mm. to unveil different things, like all the abilities, what it likes and doesn't like. So trial and error to find out what works, but then you can get like a concrete record of a list. When you have all the things unveiled, name, powers, likes, dislikes, uh, stats, if it escapes, you unlock a bio page, which generally... Has information on it. Sometimes it's set up like an SCP site where it's all told from sort of like observation log 2, You know, from like a doctor. Right. But for the the uh, shrimp people, it was a person's diary who had an encounter with the company Well Cheers, and they basically loaded him up in a van, uh, gave him and all the other like applicants a drink of the soda. Right. They all passed out. He wakes up on a fishing boat in the middle of nowhere. And he's, Welcome to your
0: new job. Yeah, the,
1: the, he's panicking and all that, and they're just like, hey, you got nowhere to go, we're very far from land, and like you were rented to us for like like six months, so you better just buckle up and learn to enjoy it. And the diary involves him slowly becoming accustomed to fishing life, and then when the time of his quote-unquote contract was up, he just they offered him a permanent position, and he was like, you know what, I really like it here, and he just stayed with them.
0: That's extremely good. Does it imply that he becomes a a shrimp person? He just stays like a regular
1: person? I believe he's just a regular person, just working on the boat. I think the shrimp people are like the higher-ups in the company or something, unless I missed a line. It didn't imply that the other people on the boat were shrimp people either. (laughs) So I think it may be like a race of shrimp people running this sort of soda pyramid scheme to get fishermen to run their shrimping boats.
0: Cheers, I'll drink to that, bro. <laughs> Though if you told me, hey, I could quit capitalism if I just took like some poison soda and then I was like in a feudal peasant situation as a serf, uh, <laughs> but on the ocean, I think that'd be fine.
1: But other than that log, the people at the lobotomy core do not know what happened to them. So the character is counted as dead if your character gets swept away, but in your own... You can't course, be profited off of anymore. You might as well be dead, right? Yes, so as far as gameplay is concerned, that is a sort of insta-kill on the worker there. Right. But at least you know somewhere in the recesses of your mind is he's living the glory days out on some gum shrimping boat. So,
0: we talked about your beloved shrimpments. Yes. And I think they're dear <laughs> to my heart now. Now that I'm picturing them in the mind theater Mm -hmm. of the brain. But I want to know, what is your least favorite?
1: Well, some of them are very difficult to contain and are a very big pain. But that's usually coincided by the fact that they drop the better loot. Right. So I'm like, I hate this guy, but now my guys are really powerful for working on him. So So thanks, I guess? (laughs) Yeah, so I can't hate him too much. Right. There's one, there's a separate tier of abnormalities known as tools that get dropped once every like four days so that there's an equal distribution of tools right uh you you they have different effects i won't necessarily get into that you don't have to use them to produce energy though there's one called the express train to hell and what is it is is a little ticket booth and you can see eyes in the little slot like there's a little man in the ticket booth and lights will light up And according to the lore page, it's indicating, like, how close the train is. Right. You have to send a person there to collect a train ticket before all the lights light up. Depending on how many lights have lit up, basically how close you are to being hit by a train. Oh my god. Like a
0: literal train runs through?
1: Yes. Um, More on that in a moment. The closer you are and the more lights are full... It'll like heal everyone in the facility or like give a temporary speed boost or you know Yeah. Has little beneficial effects. But it cannot be left alone. The lights tick down regardless of your actions, while at least other abnormalities operate on almost a turn based system. Right. For one measure of work is It like seems one to be on an independent time. mechanic. Yes, it operates on its own. And if all the lights fill up and you don't have the ticket in time. Right. A train will just come barreling through your facility at a random height and angle. Right. So sometimes it can just rip across the top of your screen, hitting no one and just scaring you. Or it could go right through the most heavily populated place and just ruin your day. And being a tool, there are no, there is no gear you can craft from it. Oh, boom! It has no long term benefits. And... I mean, that
0: kind of makes sense though, because if you're on top, you're. It makes sense, though, because if you're on top of it, you still get, like, all of those beneficial bits. That is true.
1: And one of the only ways of dealing with it, I imagine, would just station one guy right outside the door to just be your ticket man. Absolutely. Because it's not necessarily clicking on it in time. Your guy still has to physically walk from wherever he's stationed all the way down to it and grab his ticket. Right. So trying to cut it close can easily get you run over
0: so, this game isn't getting any more updates at the moment, but there is a sequel in the works.
1: Yes, and every time I think about it, I seem to find a new trailer or a new concept video. So it is, it does seem to be a decent amount in production. Right. It's called Library of Ruina. Mm-hmm. It is a different genre. It seems to be a turn-based sort of card battling game. Yeah. Not card game like Magic It's the of stone. <laughs> yeah, it's... More like the cards are the abilities that your characters use. Okay. And so stacking different cards and things like that, do combos with your team, etc. It looks fun. Um, The biggest thing that draws me in is that it takes place after the events of Lobotomy Core in that same universe.
0: Oh, shit. And
1: in the game Lobotomy Core, you really only see what's going on inside your facility. Right. With only snippets and brief mentions of what the outside world is like. Mm -hmm. This takes place in a library in a big city and is in the same world and is going to give a lot more insight to the world at large. So it's a sequel with completely different mechanics, so it's almost more like another game in that expanded universe, one could say. And I'm excited for it. I know in the past they've done crowdfunding but I don't believe this one is. I could be easily wrong on that. They are a South Korean company, so if there is stuff going on over there, I'm not necessarily privy to it. But I keep looking into it.
0: You don't have you don't have your finger on the pulse of... Of <laughs> South Korea, no. <laughs> is there another game or games that you would recommend that are either in the vein of this or you think people who would like Lobotomy Core would also like?
1: Well, Lobotomy Core, I would almost say is like the stress horror genre where
0: You get so stressed out and that's really the scary part about it. Yes.
1: It's like internal fear of like well I gotta get this done and that done and that done or a train's gonna hit me.
0: If I wanted that I'll work a 9
1: to (laughs) 5. I do but sometimes I need to do that at home where I have control. Like people who work at a farm all day and then go home and play farm simulator or forklift driver simulator. (laughs) But either way the second game that sort of caught my interest in the more recent months, also due to talk of a sequel, right. is a game called Pathologic.
0: Oh, that's right. I've heard about Pathologic 2 recently. Yes. In it... indie uh, game Twitter.
1: Yep. It even had a brief uh, part of a sizzle reel at E3 when I believe Xbox was showing off their indies. Yeah. It is out. The sequel is. But yeah. I have started playing the original. It's a lot of fun. It is a sort of very stressful thing with lots of spooky elements. It's not like your psychological horror Silent Hill or a running and hiding from a monster.
0: Is it another stress horror game?
1: Absolutely. You play as a doctor, one of three, with three different methods, mm-hmm. in a town that, when you begin, is about to be hit by a ridiculously deadly plague. And as you go through your missions, you're just trying to trying to get ahead of things. It takes place over 12 days, and things just progressively, constantly get worse. Or you're trying to keep important players alive. Not play Important players in the world. Important characters, characters, I should say. Important characters alive. Keep yourself alive. Make sure you have enough food and water to survive the day.
0: Managing the plague sounds like hell. Mm -hmm. Oh my god.
1: And... Of course, it's got a lot of supernatural elements. This is not the Black Plague. It's a plague known as the Sand Pest. And when it's in its height, you can even see sort of like a brown silhouette of like an Angel of Death or a Grim Reaper. And it will sometimes chase you. And that's like a plague cloud. Oh
0: my god. Like
1: it starts... It gets more and more supernatural as you go. And usually your characters being doctors from out of town, you start off as the sort of skeptic of like, oh, we're gonna, you know... Fancy college man. Yeah, everybody take your penicillin and stop breaking quarantine and we'll be fine. To where more and more supernatural elements seep in and... Yeah. Right. The sequel is out. I've only played the first one. I've been told the sequel has improved the mechanics in every conceivable way. It does seem to be a remake of the first. Oh. Just with better graphics, more quests, more I think it adds more
0: storyline that I've heard of.
1: And just brand new gameplay elements. This game in particular was crowdfunded i believe the crowdfunding has completed and it is out but only one of the three playable characters' campaign is out and i believe the rest is something they're working on it's going to be coming out in free updates mm-hmm.
0: well thank you so much for letting me interview you, will it's i've been waiting a long time to get you on the podcast mm-hmm and I'm looking forward to bothering both you and Darcy for a longer interview in the future. Maybe watching something or
1: getting really into Thai moves. I'm, (laughs) I, that's my favorite. I've technically been here from the start. I just haven't (laughs) had time to, uh.
0: You haven't had time, you haven't had time to adjust to this timeline yet. Yeah,
1: I've been in multiple loops. I'm very busy. I've got cats. I've got video games. I'd be more than happy to show up in other episodes. Mm -hmm. Just
0: Just shout wherever you are in the time continuum.
1: Exactly.
0: You can find us on Twitter at Fraternal Fright. There is no S at the end because it was too long with the S. You can find us on Patreon at Fraternal Frights, and you can find us on iTunes, Podcast Addict, or whatever your podcatcher of choice is under Fraternal Frights. Thank you for listening, and have a spooky, spooky night. Is podcatcher a word? Yeah.
1: i would never heard that.
0: Yeah, people just say it.
1: Okay.